She comes from the south and she's making her way. For the latest news, click on her page. She's the new way. The Aaliyah Rice show gon' lead the way. Passion, purpose, people, flair. I believe one another and have confidence anywhere. God is great. Love, pray. Dedication and motivation, we gon' give you the news today. What's up? You are now tuned in to the Aaliyah Wright Show with your host, me, Aaliyah. Uh, today is yet another day where I'll help you figure out how to show up, show out, and make meaningful steps towards your personal transformation. Whether it's your love life, career trajectory, or your money mindset, we all about the coins. Every episode, we share stories that connect purpose, passion, and people. We're all about alignment, intention, and elevation over here, okay? So grab your coffee, your wine, whatever it is, and let's get right to the point. You see what I did there? Right. Okay. So, yes, my guest today, phenomenal, amazing, so many words that I can't even describe, but what I can tell you is she's a native of Greenville, Mississippi. She's had a front row seat to the struggles that marginalized communities face, which birthed an undeniable passion in her to pursue and make sure that the foundation of her career revolves around social justice. She is a Howard University School of Law graduate. She has her Juris Doctor degree, Master of Law degree um, in intellectual property and social justice, might I add. She is the CEO and editor-in-chief of Triumph Magazine, which is a platform that amplifies community voices who have triumphed over statistics and who have defied insurmountable odds. Long story short, help me welcome my guest for today, Ms. Timsha Bailey. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy I get a chance to see your beautiful face and your glow. Hello to the audience. Thank you guys for rocking with us today. I appreciate you for listening. Yes, well, thank you so much. We were talking before we started recording just how long today's been um, and how tired we are, but we I'm are. happy that you made space to be in community with me today. Absolutely. So let's let's jump right into it. Um, you know, I met you because we have mutual family Absolutely. and I learned about your magazine and mm -hmm. After I learned about that, I learned about um, you pursuing a career in the legal field. And yes. immediately I thought, wait a minute, these are two different career paths. Totally how different. Is she, <laughs> how <laughs> is she doing this? Oh, totally can, you, can you talk a little bit about that moment for you when you decided that you not only wanted to pursue both of those things, but decide that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Uh, when I was in law school, I want to tell you something that like a lot of lawyers probably don't want to say because everyone wants to say, oh, you know, I just enjoy everything about this girl. When I was in law school and I did my first internship, I hated being like in a law firm and doing research and writing all day. I just, I kind of hated it. So I knew 
that if I was um, going to be, you know, active in the legal field, that I was going to need some sort of outlet. Just doing something that I was 100% passionate about. It had nothing to do with um, a salary. It had nothing to do with meeting a deadline or anything like that. It was just solely based out of pure joy and love and passion and purpose. And so that's where um, I kind of branched off into the journalism field. I'm a little nosy, <laughs> but I did really want uh, a gossipy platform, um, so to speak. I kind of wanted to create a platform that spoke to what I was most passionate about, which was encouraging people every day to let them know you're not the only person out here struggling. You're not the only person who doesn't have a picture perfect life or everything didn't work out as you thought it would be. Everyone has detours and roadblocks. And so I just wanted to create a platform where I was able to show people who are everyday people like myself that although the road may seem hard, you can still get to whatever destination that you see yourself arriving to. And here are a list of other people who are traveling the same road that wasn't just a straight line to success, but in, in, endured a few detours. And this is how they triumph. So that was the passion behind triumph and why it's completely opposite from the legal field. <laughs> I love that so much. What I'm hearing from you with, you know, amplifying stories of everyday people who have struggled or went through something that's the story of us all we've all been through something and for you to focus on you know regular folks who have persevered is amazing to me that's part of the reason why I got into journalism so many narratives shaped about the Mississippi Delta or the and the people that live in the Mississippi Delta as if it's only um, the only narrative, it seems, is that has been, I should say, is that this is an area filled with poverty, limited job opportunities, X, Y, and Z, which, yes, it's true, but it's not the whole story. So let's show you that we're, you know, the people here are also complex. The issues are complex, but we're human, and there are so many other narratives besides this one. So absolutely. And I resonate. I kind of... I hate that narrative about individuals from Mississippi or um, the environment or the socioeconomic lifestyle of Mississippi because what, you know, after like living in different cities, like major cities and states, I recognize that it's not the people, it's kind of like the access. We have a, a lack of access to a lot of tools or resources or information. And I think um, I'm very passionate about becoming a bridge to ensure that, you know, people who come from the Mississippi Delta, where I'm from, have access to information, other people's stories to know like, hey, even if this person isn't in Mississippi, this person is in New York, but we have the same struggles, we have the same situations. Don't think that, you know, just because we're here that people all over the world are encountering these same sorts of, you know, encumbrances. So I think, uh, that's another basis of Triumph Magazine to show that collectively struggle is just universal, like mm -hmm. regardless of where you're from and to not put a label on people who come from the South. We may have to climb a little bit deeper out of the mud, but hey, we get out of there. <laughs> we do. And you and I are prime examples of that. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Aaliyah Wright Show. We're taking a quick break to share more about an offer dedicated to you 
our listeners. Queendom Castle is a hair and makeup company. And guess what? They're having a back to school sale. In addition to that sale, they're giving you, our listeners at The Leah Rice Show, a special extra percentage off. This includes their custom wig sale and also their primetime rotating curling irons. Now, it's a 1.25 inch barrel. It heats up to 410 degrees. Yeah, that's pretty hot. It has a digital display and it's great for beginners. And this is not all of the specs. It's just what we're giving you, okay? So make sure you head over and visit queendomcastle.com. That's queendom with a K and castle with a K. So K-W-E-E-N-D-O-M-K-A-S-T-L-E.com. And make sure you use the code, wait for it, the A w show okay again that's t-h-e-a-w-s-h-o-w the a-w show now make sure you head over use that code and get your additional percentage off thank us later now let's get back to the episode um in in this point look what you just said segues to my next question i know you're no longer in mississippi but we know you're from mississippi In what ways did your experience growing up in Mississippi help prepare you for law school or also to be a business owner in creating your magazine? Oh, my my teachers, for sure, who were in Mississippi. Um, I am a product of the Greenville Public School District um, program, and I went to HBCUs in Mississippi. I attended Tougaloo College. I attended Jackson State University. And so uh, for anyone who has attended an HBCU, especially an HBCU in Mississippi, you know, and I may add, I'm a little biased. So I love an HBCU in Mississippi. They treat you like you are their child when you step foot on campus. They are molding you and encouraging you and sometimes getting on to you if you need it. And I was that student that definitely needed to be, you know, get on to a little bit, um, <laughs> whether it was for missing class or not turning in the assignment. Like I was that student, but my professors um, in Mississippi for sure helped steer me in the right direction. I am immediately reminded of uh, my professor at Jackson State University. She went by the name of Dr. Rhonda Cooper. She was my legal writing um, professor. And girl, I had just graduated from Jackson State and applied for the master's program and did not get accepted, okay? And I was mortified. I was like, oh my God, my life is over. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what's next for me? So like everyone had been telling me, girl, you're not about to go to law school. So the plan was to go and get a master's degree because I had a very low GPA. I did not have the best GPA at all. So the plan initially was to go and get a master's degree, try to get my GPA up a little bit more so that I could apply. But this professor, Dr. Rhonda Cooper, once I recognized that I could not get into the master's program, I was walking around Jackson State University just looking sad and defeated. And her door was open um, in her office suite. So I just tapped on her door just to speak to her. And she was like, oh, my God, Tim, should come in. I haven't seen you since you graduated. Let's chat. And so she asked me one question. And she says, how are you? 
Now, I'm sure she wanted a typical, oh, I'm fine, I'm doing amazing. She was not ready for the emotional outpour I was about to lay at her feet. I broke down. I was like, oh, Dr. Cooper, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. Our plan was for me to get my master's degree and get my GPA up so I can go to law school. Um, they're telling me I'm not an ideal candidate. I don't really know what I'm going to do. And she's like, I have the answers that you need. And she looked at me and smiled when she said it. She was literally like, an angel from heaven, just like, girl, stop crying. I have some help for you. Like she gave me the resources and the access to different programs that were out there for students who were like me, you know, who probably parted a little bit in college, who probably did not have the highest GPA or all of the perfect extracurricular activities, which I didn't. Um, she went outside of the state of Mississippi and gained tools and access and knowledge. And she brought that back to the state of Mississippi and um, gave it to me. Um, and that literally changed my life. It, it got me into law school. I moved out of state. Um, and it, it changed the whole trajectory of my life, just her giving me that information. So Mississippi, uh, and of course, I cannot leave out my family who lives in Mississippi, who have supported me financially. Okay, I could hear my parents screaming right now, financially, um, <laughs> supporting me <laughs> mentally, you know, spiritually, while I was even embarking on those journeys. So Mississippi, you know, is always dear to my heart. And it's the reason why I am here where I am today. Yes, I love how you emphasize support, you emphasize resources and tools. And I think a lot of times when we think about resources, we don't think about the human capital piece, yeah. the people in our lives that may not be family, but maybe, as you mentioned, a professor who helped yeah. you along the way. Absolutely. As we talk about that, it makes me think about a question for, you know, young people, for college students or even, you know, folks who are our age or older. Um, yeah. What are some tips that you have that they can build a support circle or tap into, you know, human capital when they need, you know, support or resources or just don't know where to go or how to navigate a situation like you were in, for example, you yeah. didn't get into the master's program. You were trying to figure out what to do. What are some tips to build in meaningful relationships? To be honest, I think um, for a while, I did not, and this is for um, an individual who may be in college or even high school, I didn't really take advantage of academic advisors. I think they are key in um, being the bridge to information and access for students who are in positions like I was in. I didn't know, you know, what to do. The only time I went in and sought out, sought out um, academic advice is when it was time to make a schedule because it was just like, you know, I need a schedule so I can stay here and stay free and not have to be <laughs> in my parents' home anymore. That was kind of the only time I went to see my academic advisor. Um, but I think paying attention um, to them and to, to their knowledge and to their guidance is a very good way. For individuals who aren't like in the arena of a university, there are a lot of sororities and fraternities who have graduate programs and do things around the community. So even if you're not like on a college campus, there's like, you know, different mentorship programs or, you know, different sorority houses or, that, or fraternity houses that host 
like resume workshops or um, community development workshops that you can kind of try to get involved in and like latch on to a mentor. I am a person who believes in God. So I'm definitely going to send y'all to church. Go to church. Go to church. <laughs> go to church. And I said, sit on the front row. <laughs> Sit on the front row and go to church. And I, I say that, you know, as well, because there are a lot of um, not only just educated people in the church, but gifted people in the church who have a giving heart to where you can open up to them and know that this is a safe place. And, you know, hey, I have a question about this. And do you have any advice? You'll be surprised of like the good hearted people you can find there as well. And also this Internet that we have. Everything is there. You can connect with people on LinkedIn. Do not be afraid. I think the very first point in seeking help or trying to find help is to not be afraid. Take your mask off. I have made some of the best connections and like networked um, on a proficient level when I was vulnerable, when I wasn't trying to overexert myself and make myself, you know, seem to be like a big person in the room. I don't mind being the guppy in the sea, so to speak. I don't mind coming in and saying, hey, I need some help with this. I don't really understand how to get here or I see where you are and I truly admire it. Do you mind mentoring me? It's about like humility. So going online, seeing somebody that you admire or that's doing something in a professional career that you want to, you know, know how to do or you want to see like how to get my feet in that game, reaching out to them as humble as you possibly can saying like, hey, I would love to be a student at your feet if I could just shadow you. I remember when I was in law school, we had to go and um, witness like this, like a day in the life of like court cases. And so I saw this lady, she was so fierce. Um, she had on this suit and she didn't wear heels. She had on like these flat spike booty shoes and her hair was in a bun. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's such a radical. I just, I love her. What is her name? And when she, um, when she spoke to the judge, she was just so confident. She was an African, African-American woman, just a beautiful woman. And when she finished, she just stormed out of the courtroom. I ran behind that lady with my pen and pad. I was like, hi, my name is Timsha and I'm a law school student. And I just love your energy up there when you were presented to the court. Do you mind if I shadow you? Can I be your intern? I don't need to be paid anything. I just want to come and see how you do what you do. And she allowed that. She's now a judge. I love her. She and I are like this, like still to this day, years after that moment. But it's, it was all about like not being fearful, seeing someone who you admire, seeing their gift, recognizing that it's something special about that person and saying, hey, do you mind if I bump elbows with you? Because I want someone that anoints it to rub off on me too. <laughs> yes. That what you said is so vital. I think our society well we've probably moved away from it a little bit now when thinking and seeing and or i'll take a step back wanting help and needing help but not approaching anyone to help you and seeing that as a weakness yeah instead of strength for sure a lot of times we feel like, oh, we have to be Superman and Superwoman and we have yeah. to know everything and get it right and X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, we are all human. We can't know everything. And how are we going to evolve and grow if yeah. we don't reach out to someone who knows more, who has ex experienced more that can, like you said, help you out, 
um, yeah. pour into you, give you the resources. Let some of that anointing rub off on me. On me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I don't mind being, one thing I never want to be, I never want to be a big fish in a little pond. If I feel like I'm dominating a space or I feel like, you know, I have mastered a particular territory, I always want to move somewhere else where I'm uncomfortable. I always want to move somewhere else where I'm surrounded by people who are better than me in regards to, you know, their work ethics, like they work harder than me, they hustle harder than me, they know more than me. I want to be around that because it's the only way that I can evolve and it's the only way that I can grow. And so I, I think that it's it's a key components of that is humility like just being yeah. humble saying like yo it's okay to compliment someone else it's okay to look at someone else and say I love that about you I, I like that aspect about you I aspire to have that aspect as well do you mind if I shadow you do you mind if I walk with you do you mind sharing with me how you made it here because I it's just something about you and something inside of you that I resonate with and I want to be that one day that's okay it's okay yes. to do that like <laughs> I've done it plenty of times I would not be where I am if I hadn't done the same thing absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. I listen, I never mind complimenting someone else and saying, hey, girl, you have something I like. Can you show me how to get that? You know, otherwise you you limit yourself, you limit your growth, you limit divine connection opportunities, yeah. you limit like an opportunity for someone else to bring you in a bigger room that you would never have access to had you never humbled yourself. So, yeah, that's the key yes. word for the day. Humble and humility. <laughs> I wish I had a whiteboard behind me. I would write it on the board. Um, so I want to move into this direction. We've talked a lot about triumph, but we I bet people have got will get to this point of the episode and say, wait a minute, y'all have talked about this magazine. Tell us more about it. What type of stories? How can we get it? What is the origin? Like just tell us more about Triumph because I know you're so big on reframing what success looks like and, and, and you've already touched on that, excuse me. But yeah, talk more about that. Um, you've talked about the importance of Triumph, but just tell us a little bit more details about it and, and what makes you most excited about the magazine. Well, to be honest with you, Triumph magazine was birthed because I felt played out. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably like the the most unprofessional lingo but I mean, no that's fine and, and you know what's what's crazy it was not crazy but when you said that it made me think about how it's always a rejection or something negative or somebody dissing you hang on you something that fuels you to be like you know what you know what you i'm about to what? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um, I was graduating from Howard University School of Law in 2019. And there was a project that the New York Times Magazine was working on during that time where they wanted to highlight individuals whose ancestors were slaves. And now their great, 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 great grandchildren were graduating from Howard Law. I was accepted as a part um, of this project and we had the camera crew come to the graduation and do photos. 
And so the second phase of that project was the cameras and the New York Times Magazine were supposed to come to each person's hometown and do a photo shoot with them and their entire family. Um, my grandmothers who were alive at the time, they helped me gather all the information that I needed in order to submit uh, my application for their consideration. And we were, I was chosen and I was really excited about it. However, at the last minute, when it was time for them to travel to Mississippi to do a photo shoot with my family and myself, they told me that they did not have the funds um, to travel to Mississippi. And so in that moment, it was just um, an outcome that I couldn't shake off. It, it was an outcome that made me sit back and think about like, well, how many people in Mississippi are doing amazing things and we just do not have access to large platforms to highlight what's going on down here. Like I really wanna change the narrative as to what people in Mississippi are capable of and what we're doing. Like, let's show the world that no, we have people down here who are lawyers, who are doctors, who are pastors, who are authors, who are poets, who are songwriters, like it's so, much happening in Mississippi. And I feel like that, I just thought that that needed to be highlighted. And I would have loved to be a representation of where I am from on a platform such as the New York Times Magazine. But um, for, for some reason, that opportunity was kind of like snatched away in that season. And so I said, well, you know what? I'm not gonna stop that. You know, I was ready to be in a magazine. So what are we gonna do? God, we're gonna create one ourselves. And that's just kind of what I did. Um, that summer, um, after I graduated, I served as a teacher at Howard University for their pre-law summer enrichment program, and I met the most phenomenal undergraduate students. They were way more driven than I would, ever was in, <laughs> in undergrad. I was just so proud of them, like how driven and smart and like responsible they were, you know, for already thinking about the next level. And so my job was to simply help them with things like personal statements and resumes, so that they could submit it with their package. And when reading some of their personal statements, their stories and what they had gone through, even just up until their undergraduate years, it was a sign of triumph to me. And so when I was thinking about the creation of the magazine, I was like, you know what? I wanna include those students. I wanna write about them, especially the ones that are graduating this year. I wanna talk about like how it's okay that even though you're not a millionaire, guess what? This girl was in foster care to foster care and foster home to foster home. And now she's getting ready to graduate with her bachelor's degree. You know, yes. this guy lost his mom when he was 10 years old to breast cancer. And now he's making her proud by graduating and walking across that stage. You know, just those stories of everyday people who are, you know, overcoming obstacles that I couldn't even imagine and still like reaching their particular level of success. To me, and in my opinion, that makes a person successful. Like what they have in them, their drive, you know, their resilience, their ability to say, I don't care about, you know, what I'm confronted with on this day. I'm going to cry a little bit. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to get some mental help to help me walk through this thing, but I'm going to triumph. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep going. And when you meet whatever goal it is that you set for yourself, that you set for your life, that's success to me. And I feel like highlighting those sorts of stories and making people celebrate the small victories um, is just a little seed that I can put in the earth to kind of help with help lower the numbers of depression to mm -hmm. help lower the numbers of anxiety I want people to recognize that it's 
an amazing thing to celebrate small victories. If you can send your little sister $20 to college to go and get something to eat while she's studying, you're successful. Like my first time being able to send my siblings a gift or, you know, $10 here or a baby doll, I felt so successful because I was like, yeah. oh my God, there was at one point in time I couldn't do anything. Like just reframing everyone's mind to understand we are all not the Kardashians, okay? We all were not birthed into million dollar families or we all not trust fund babies. But if we just stop for a second and recognize the small victories and the, the small battles that we win day by day, I believe that it will reframe our mind and help with a lot of mental anguish that's going on in the world right now. Yes. Oh, I just love all of I just want to use that clip and, and put it everywhere because that is major. That is important. That shifting yeah. the culture. And, and I'm happy you mentioned all that because that's the reason why I wanted to do this, to have these conversations so yeah. that I can do my part by helping in some way. If someone hears your story, hearing the other stories of people you were, um, elevating on your platform what that can do for other people so that's so so amazing um I want to move forward just a little bit more because I initially wanted to ask you because when I was younger I wanted to create my own magazine Mm -hmm. um and I wanted like hey would I make money from this but I think the question I really want to ask is as an entrepreneur, especially through your journey, what has been some of the challenges that you've overcome, even if it is financial, if you want to go there, but for other Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs that are listening, yeah, what are some early challenges you went through? How did you overcome them or how could they overcome something similar? Sure. Well, the very first challenge that popped in my mind was social media, girl. I did not have a social media page until like two days before I launched Triumph wow. Magazine. Like the whole time I was in school, I stayed off of social media because I just thought it would be a distraction. And I was stressed out enough <laughs> trying to learn what I needed to learn in order to get to the next level. So I'm like, listen, I cannot focus on this and focus on or tune into everybody else having fun while I'm stuck in the house, okay, reading civil procedure or reading about constitutional law. This is boring. <laughs> I want to be on a trip. I can't watch y'all live y'all <laughs> have FOMO. So I just stayed off of social media. So when um, I decided to launch Triumph Magazine, I started a Facebook page for like two days before I launched the magazine. And the most, it was, that was the most frightening to me because I was like, okay, I don't have any social media allies or alliances. And you know what? I didn't even know that that was a thing. There mm. are people who have like alliances on social media who are like, you know, we rock with this group of people. So if they post anything, we'll share it. And we don't really know you, where have you been? So we're not really going to share your stuff. There's, there's a whole, you know hierarchy and social structure (laughs) that I wasn't really aware of. So I just posted it and I was hoping that somebody would see it and it'll just bless someone. And what I learned, um, especially with issue two of Triumph Magazine is to not, um, not be bothered basically about how many followers you have on social media when you post, because especially when God gives you an idea listen, it's going to be prosperous regardless of what you have. After you've done all you you can do, just stand back and watch him work. Um, yeah. I 
think I had about 50 Facebook friends and maybe two Triumph Magazine followers on Instagram. And um, for issue two, we had Jade Mathis on the cover, who was the daughter of the Honorable Judge, Greg Mathis. And, you know, he, out of the love of his heart, posted my magazine and it went from, you know, me being able to have a, about 50 or 70 people, you know, see a post like that, that I would make on my own personal platform. It turned into hundreds of thousands of people um, viewing what I worked on with God, what I set in the secret place with God and created with. Um, it had people like Kelly Price and Neo like saying, oh, this is amazing. This is awesome. And there were days where I just sat in my room and cried and was like, God, you really don't lie. Like you told me that you were going to do this. You, you really don't lie because there was no way that I could reach um, those masses on my own. Right. And so I would say like if you if you have an idea or you have a business idea and you know that this is your purpose and you know that this is something that God has instructed you to do do it. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about the followers. Don't worry about the social media trends and all of that kind of stuff there because social media likes does not equal revenue to be honest like everybody can like your stuff but sometimes your likes you know when they're bank account direct deposit from your little paypal setup they're not matching so you you kind of you don't really want to stress yourself out over social media um for me the the mag the first issue of triumph magazine i didn't make a lot of money from the very first issue it was just digital so the second issue did phenomenal so i would say also when you first launch um, don't be discouraged if you're not making the amount of money that you planned on making. Um, just go back and re-strategize and see, you know, what do you need to do a little bit differently and go at it again. Do not, never stop because especially if you're doing something that you feel like is purposeful, if you're writing a book, if you're doing a podcast, if you're doing a TV show like you, like, please never get discouraged about the finances because what I've also learned is sometimes you receive payments in other ways. Triumph Magazine has given me the payment of connections. <laughs> Triumph Magazine has given me the payments of open doors and having the opportunity to speak with people that I never in a million years would have thought that I would have the opportunity to speak with simply because I obeyed the instruction given to me by God. So don't get so hung up all of the time. If you just launched and your numbers aren't looking the way that you expected them to look, you never know. You may have something that's way more valuable than money that comes your way because you were obedient. Yes, talk about it. Talk about it, cause they need y'all. Y'all are y'all listening now? Take notes. I hope you're taking notes. Um, I first of all, I just love your energy, your spirit. It is coming. It's coming through this screen, and I have to ask you. You know, these past two years have been super hard. Mm-hmm. The past few months have been hard, you know, the shooting in Buffalo, the kids in Texas, like it's too much. Yeah. How have you been able to find joy in, you know, such hard times? What do you do for fun? Oh, for fun? So I like self-care days, okay? Okay. (laughs) I like self-care days, um, but I I, I really want to prioritize, um, the the hierarchy of what I do for fun, so to speak, or to have peace or to have joy. For one, I could have all the money in the world and all the things in the world, but my peace and my joy comes from God. I have to talk to him every day. 
Like it's, it's so necessary for being for my life and for my walk. I understand what it is to be depressed. I understand what it is to be sad. I've been there tons of times. 2019 and 2020 were some of the hardest years of my life. I went through a divorce. I lost both of my grandmothers back to back, six months apart. I understand what it is to be depressed and to be sad. And in those trying times, what brought me joy and what brought me peace and what made me grounded was the relationship that I had with God, understanding his promises to me so that even though the world is like in chaos and everything is looking crazy and everything is looking unstable from my eyes, I know within me that everything is going to be okay. And so then comes, you know, the other things like going to get a facial because you can go and get a facial and you can go shopping, you can get Gucci and you can get Louis and you can get Chanel and you can still not be joyful. You can still not Mm. be happy. You can still come home with all of those shopping bags and still be depressed and still be sad and still have like this dark cloud around your head. So I think the the answer to that question, how do I find joy? I'm grounded in God, girl. I'm When I'm up in the morning before I start my day, I don't start my day on social media. I don't start my day, you know, listening to, you know, future and all them. They're cool. I listen to them sometimes now. I'm not going to lie about that. I listen to them, but I can't start my day off like that. I have to start my day off meditating. I start my day off speaking over my day because I don't know what awaits me. I don't know what hater awaits me in this day. I don't know what obstacle awaits me in this day. I don't know who's trying to block me, who's trying to stop me in this day. I need to speak over all of that before I even start my day. Then I need to speak against, you know, I need to speak against the depression. Lord, if something happens today that try to make me be depressed, stop it, block it. Don't let that come into my mind. Let me have a peaceful day. Like that's how I stay grounded. Once I'm grounded in God and I know everything's going to be okay, I do enjoy going to get facials yes we're doing brunch like any other woman (laughs) i need to go to brunch i ain't been in a minute but yes to all of that declare decree affirm pray all of the above i i I second all of it i know we're running i'm sorry i cut you off oh no it's fine i was just saying it's very important i agree with you that's very important Yes, I know we're running out of time, which is unfortunate, and I'm kind of sad about it, Uh, but I want to ask you this um, before I let you go. As I mentioned, I've talked about it. You've even talked about it. Those three words, purpose, Mm -hmm. passion, people, which is the foundation, who I am, what I do. I say this all the time, Um, but what does those three words mean for you? Yeah. So purpose, um, nothing that you do in life is going to be meaningful if it's not a part of your divine purpose. If you get up every day and you go like my grandmother who used to cook at a nursing home or clean up or cook for other people, even though she did not, you know, enjoy doing those sorts of tasks, she did, she had a purpose for speaking to people or praying with people or talking with people. And so it made what she did every day meaningful, Um, no matter how small it may have seemed to society, they'll think, oh, you're just a cook, but no, she's the cook in her purpose, because while she's cooking, she is purposefully speaking to people or speaking life into people or praying for people. So I think purpose has to be Um, the key and the sole reason why you do anything that you do. Um, Passion is going to follow. You're going to be passionate about anything that, you know, is purposeful. 
Um, I'm very much so passionate about Triumph Magazine because I feel like it's a part of my purpose to show the world like, hey, girl, it doesn't matter. You don't have a Chanel bag. You woke up this morning. You took care of them kids. You took them to school. I'm proud of you. You get up every yes. day and you do what you have to do. I'm proud of you. Put a smile on your face. I'm passionate about that because that's my purpose. So passion is most certainly one to follow purpose and people we're all people we need to love each other okay it's too much hate in this world it's too much going on in this world like you have to connect your purpose to people that's just you're not going to be out here being purposeful to goldfish okay your purpose is going to have something to do with people if you're not a people person fix that so that you can flow in your purpose have passion about it and connect with people okay <laughs> yes that's now that's the way you wrap it up just like that. <laughs> um, I just want to thank you so much for yeah. sharing more of who you are with us. Um, we want to support you. We can't wait to see what's next for you. And yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful to be in space with you. I'm so grateful to be in this space with you. I really want to just commend you on what you're doing. I think it's so purposeful. I think it's so needed for a young, beautiful African-American woman to get out here and say, hey, let me use my platform to try to encourage other people and show other people what's out here in other ways. You know, it means to get what it is you're trying to get out here in this world. I'm going to use my platform for that. You could have used this to talk about you and be like, oh, I'm so pretty. I'm so gorgeous because you are. But instead, you're using it to help other people. And I commend you on that. I'm proud of you. She's the new way. The earlier rise shall gonna lead the way. Patience, purpose, people, flair. I believe one another and have confidence anywhere. God.